Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared. Screaming defiance with the last breath. To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. By my honor and the light. My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart. Until the last day. To, to Shiloh Ghoul itself. itself. This is a Dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts, Sarah Lucas and Adam Tricola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Dagger for Sightblinder. May you find shade this day. And if you have any hope of finding shade, it's probably with Sarah. She is quite shady. How are you doing, Sarah? Good, Adam. How are you? Uh, like- I'm basking in the shade <laughs> yeah, already. I, f- I feel like you just threw me under the bus. <laughs> it's shady under there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep well- that in mind. So, I mean, we've been we've been talking about all, like we've been exploring the waste more and more, and now now you see why water and shade is so important. Oh, totally. Now, yeah, it absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So it's shade is a good thing for me to have. Are you asking me? No, I'm just trying to twist things to my own advantage. It's pretty twisted. Twisty. Okay, so so we have kind of an announcement ish. Mm-hmm. Go on, tell me more. Uh, all right. So we we told you guys a while ago, our listeners, that we are planning on doing some kind of a rebrand for this podcast, and uh, like we we just want to reach a wider audience. Like the wheel wheel of time is a wonderful world to swim around in, and we absolutely intend on continuing to swim around in it mm-hmm. however the, the goal when we started this podcast was not to it was not to just uh you know <laughs> have a smaller I, I don't know how to say it like we we want to reach a broader audience and the niche audience that wheel of time provides us is a wonderful group and it's it's really been great uh we want to broaden our scope a little bit so i'll let you talk a little bit sarah right so i think basically yeah we want to reach a a larger audience not be maybe so pigeonholed sounds like a bad thing but you know it's very niche yeah i've never liked pigeons well makes sense like a group of pigeons is called like an unkindness or something right i kind of want to look up what a group of pigeons is called now we're gonna get distracted. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we're basically gonna look into doing as a flock. Uh, that's boring. <laughs> the finally we find an accurate <laughs> one. <laughs> that's boring. Okay. So, but what what we are thinking of doing? So we in this episode we'll be finishing the Shadow Rising, so it'll be done, and then I think we're gonna take a break from the books just so that we can do some more. Um, reaction episodes which is what we really enjoy doing as well and focus on the star wars kenobi series since that's out and 
go from there and kind of see where we want to angle it after that. So that being said, if you're not already in our Discord server, then now is a great opportunity to join it and give us feedback um, when we make this, you know, rebrand transition and see what's working, what's not working and what you guys enjoy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we would love to hear what you guys think. Uh, I, I know a lot of people who are listening have been listening uh, mostly because I mean I, I don't want to like flatter ourselves too much but I think a lot of it has to do with like people who have followed us from Galaxy of Heroes and mm-hmm. want to hang out with us in that you know it just in kind of whatever space that we're you know a shared space because we all like Wheel of Time but my guess is the majority of people listening to this cast are also interested in watching Kenobi and other similar shows and that's that's kind of the place the direction we're steering this is uh, you know new shows coming out doing reaction videos talking about them you know analysis whatever and you know maybe just getting a little bit bigger of an audience a little bit bigger scope you know get the YouTube channel actually starting to run a little bit Um, Mm -hmm. so so we would love to hear your feedback though you guys uh, the people who are listening to us have been here, you know, the, you guys were here first. We would love to hear from you. You get you get the vote. Other people won't ever have the opportunity, but we would love to hear well-reasoned discussion in our Discord server. So I think it'll be linked in basically any medium that you can find this, uh, including YouTube and uh, yep. Podbean, iTunes, all, all that, yep. Spotify. It'll be everywhere. Yeah, all over the place. Awesome. But, but yeah, uh, that doesn't mean we're leaving Wheel of Time. Like, no. at at the at the very least, like I think, like I mean, we both have we both have book four five downloaded. Right. And I've so, started it. Yeah, Sarah's even started it, guys. I haven't, but uh, Sarah has. And no, I've, I've been. Oh. I'm listening to Way of Kings again by oh. Sanderson. So. Fair. Yeah, I'm hooked. But, but yeah, we're well. We'll also be covering the show when when season two hits. Whenever that is, still don't know. Still don't know. They wrapped. They wrapped though. Right. They just haven't told us when it's coming out. Right. So I guess Maybe that's never. a good. I guess that's a good transition to let me for me to tell you that there is no show news. Okay. Well, thanks for that. You're welcome. You did a great job, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> just, just kidding. Okay, so let, shall we talk about spoilers and jump into this is the this is the finale. This is actually, mm-hmm. gosh, it's been a little bit since we discussed this, but this is the one of these chapters. One of these, yeah, make, makes every time makes me tear up, and yeah. I. We should play the game of which scene is it, Sarah? Which scene do you think it is? I'm not saying you need to tell me right now. We actually need to announce spoilers, but this will be fun. Okay. I I remember you telling me that. And then when I was listening, I was trying to figure out what scene it was. Um, anyway. I actually, posted it, I actually posted it on the Reddit group. Like People were posting like, what's your favorite scene in Wheel of Time? And... and so I posted, uh, you know, I like just commented and stuff and a few people actually were like, oh yeah, I agree. Like they, 
So it's not just me taking crazy pills. I think it it hits at least a certain type of person. I I don't don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But it's interesting that it wasn't so it wasn't obvious to you. I mean, I don't know why it would be, frankly, but no, it wasn't obvious to me. Okay, well, we'll uh, we'll explore it. All right. So I guess spoiler then we're we are finishing the shadow rising. So we're going to talk specifically about chapters 53 258 so the last chunk of the book but basically anything in the book is fair game and anything in the first three books and the first season of the show so basically everything up to yeah the end of season or of of book four right yeah correct oh yeah and oh so we're gonna i i have to explain remember i I read you that that prophecy thing Mm mm-hmm the dark prophet so I'll, I'll explain more about that today as well okay cool good because i got questions i got questions excellent um okay so let's let's start here so chapter mm-hmm. 53 is the price of a departure mm. um okay so we're with perrin again so he is basically planning how they're gonna you know defend the town from the trollocs coming in because remember from last time him and he's gotten the white cloaks to agree to help work with them and attack the um you know whatchamacallit the trollocs um to you know the enemy of my enemy type of thing anyway so there's been multiple attacks all this kind of stuff and they're still going through it um I found this was kind of sad. So he is, he's planning this and he's going about the town and Aram is kind of, is following him around. And I thought this was just kind of sad that Aram is doing this because he's basically got nobody now. Like he's just this dejected little puppy dog following Perrin, which no pun intended given Perrin's status. But um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm a, I'm annoyed that this pulled at me because I don't really love Aram, but it just, it just made me sad for him. Okay, so this isn't the part that I cried in. Okay, noted. At, at all. I, I didn't, I, 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 I didn't cry care. here either. It just, it just was something that I noticed. It, maybe I just cried tears of joy that Aram's, the, Aram the obnoxious is, <laughs> is getting what his comeuppance. No, uh, no, you're right. You're right. So. Like, uh, all right, so at what point do you start blaming a person for being, like, uh, so if if someone's, if if there's a five-year-old and they're at the store and they're acting out and whining and complaining and acting immature, basically, Mm -hmm. like, you don't blame the five-year-old, really. Like, they're the ones causing the annoyance if, if you're annoyed, but it's not them, right? It's the, their parents, right right i'm i'm trying to feel <laughs> I, i'm i'm trying not to ask you leading questions because that, that irritates some people but um at what point do you stop blaming the child or the parents and start blaming the child or mm-hmm. you know like at, at what age like in a lot of ways i feel like aram never like grew up he's just been in a way like cloistered or something with the tinkers and he, he doesn't like he's just led led this like idyllic life kind of mm-hmm. 
as, as idyllic as as tinkers can lead and now his mom is dead and he's facing his first truly hard reality and he doesn't really know what's going on and so even though he was really obnoxious previously i think i agree with you it, yeah. it is it's sad to see him in this state yeah and it's it was just something that like i've never really had empathy for him because i do find him to be annoying um but then you you see that this has happened and you're like i don't know i just felt really bad for him so yeah anyway so just a little aside of what i had noticed um yeah. but the white cloaks end up bringing this wounded man into Perrin, um, and they this man it has been wanting to see him, like demanding to see Perrin, and right. is well, basically sorry. And the white cloaks didn't like bring it to it. Like the white cloaks found the guy, but, right, right. But yeah, like the white cloaks are like still calling Perrin shadow spawn. They don't want to do anything for him, right? So, um, sorry, that was just to me it felt important but go ahead no no that that is fair um so anyway so this man is, is basically dying like he's on mm -hmm. death's door and he manages to whisper to parent as he's dying we are coming um which is kind of creepy oh yeah and, and like that's like i'm like is it a warning like is he looking for parents specifically to warn him or to like let him know help is coming or like dark friends are coming like what's what's who is we basically is my my question um anyway so right well, like like is he a dark friend who's, yeah. who's like threatening them is he yeah, yeah. It, that's exactly it like is he letting him know that help is coming or is he letting him know that like more dangers on the way right well and and Perrin kind of thought like maybe it's it's like uh someone from so some like family from from a farm who's like mm -hmm. you know the one of the because everyone's flooded into the two rivers now and basically the whole countryside is burning and everything and parents are like I can't imagine that there's like any group substantial group of people who are still out there and still alive because the mm -hmm. Trollocs just are destroying everything uh, but that that's kind of the, he's like I don't know I think maybe that's what it is no one recognized the people right. or the the guy who knows right what did what did you think well that's what i was like i don't know who this guy is so my my gut instinct right away was that it was help is coming um but then i really started to fixate on it and i was like is it help is coming or is he mm. is he a dark friend like is he being like oh yeah we're on our way bud like good luck you fell <laughs> into our trap good luck right like that's sportsmanly so, of him yeah so I don't know, just because he's demanding so much to see Perrin. Um, but anyway, so that is that. Anyway, and then this boy runs in just to let Perrin know that there's movement in Westwood. And it turns out that it is loyal and gall. Um, and, you know, they, they went, they left to go close the way gate that the Trollocs were coming through. Um, and gall is hurt. And they mentioned oh man this this part just oh okay sorry they mentioned that there are thousands of trollocs out there like they've seen them um and they bring this up and then luke lord luke comes in and is like no no, no you're wrong there's less than a thousand um and just starts undermining them so you kind of get this like back and forth where you don't know if mm -hmm. you're supposed to believe loyal and gall or lord luke 
I personally lean towards Loyal and Gall because I think Lord Luke is a sack of crap. Um, so crap yeah. with a sh at the start. Yeah. Yeah, he's a yeah crap a sack of Shrek. Sh- I don't even know how I can say <laughs> <it>. <laughs> of Shrek. <laughs> yeah. So you're right. But he's just like saunters in and is like, nah, you're wrong. And then he starts going on about how he's seen the blight. So he obviously knows like what he's talking about. And I'm like, what does seeing the blight have to do with math? Well, see, that that's where your Canadian uh, heritage is kind of blinding you. So well, like having seen the blight, it's obvious that his math is better. But that's not something they would teach in your school system. So, hmm. well... I, my question still stands. What does that do with math? Absolutely nothing. He's just being a D-bag. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, not to mention, like, so we're we're all we're in parents' head, and right, we trust Perrin because he's he's our he's our guy. Like, right. if we if we hate Perrin, then I guess we could maybe trust Luke. But like the 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 big Perrin tremendously sympathetic and Lord Luke as just a total asshole frankly Mm -hmm. like so and then like you compare you compare Perrin's like at that time like best friend you know Gaul like his like his buddy he's like uh, he's an Aiel and they've established the Aiel as warriors now you know Mm -hmm. like that they've we've been in the waste we've seen just how you know like they're all they're really good And, and so of course you're gonna believe Gaul before you believe Luke. Right? Like there, there's just no way. But yeah, Luke, Luke is like less than a thousand, and you're like, <laughs> it's propaganda almost. Yeah, and it's just undermining, and I don't know, just don't like him. Anyway, so he, yeah. he does this, which is super irritating. Yeah. Um, and then parent ends up later on, he enters the wolf dream and he has visions yeah. there with. Um, like Egwene is with women and she's scared and Matt's naked and bound and he's got this like spear like across his kind of like across his shoulders I guess I don't know how to describe it across his back and he sees Rand and Rags and all this you know stuff but then he sees as well hundreds of fires like campfires around meaning that Loyal and Gaul were right and there are thousands of trollocs because these are like trolloc campfires i'm assuming that he's seen um so lord luke is a sack of crap with a shh at the front um <laughs> big fat liar anyway yeah, but then he fatty. also mm-hmm. he also here sees slayer and slayer ends up shooting an arrow at him um and then screams at him and disappears and Perrin wakes up. It was all very weird. This whole okay. interaction, to me, I was I actually listened to it a couple of times because I was like, "What?" I was trying to follow what was actually happening between Slayer and Perrin, and it felt jagged. Okay, so they they fight with for a while. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> ba- battle, battle chapter. <laughs> uh. <laughs> they fight for a while but this is important uh i mean this is this is why you got to listen like even though you don't care about the action sequences like mm-hmm. um uh, yeah so so Perrin ends up he kind of traps him like he 
he go goes real still so that slayer like slayer's not used to being the one hunted he's used to being the one hunt and hunted. so slayer can't yeah so slayer can't conceive of a situation where Perrin would have stayed where he was and Perrin kind of just traps him and eventually like after after they you know slayer talks for a while eventually uh, Perrin is able to shoot him mm -hmm. and then and then he wakes up yeah so then he so, wakes up so yeah Perrin shoots him not okay. it's not him shooting a thing at Perrin it's I mean maybe he shot it's... a thing at Perrin but but yeah Perrin injures him mm -hmm. And, and it, it like instead of going through his heart or something, well, I forget now if what I forget if it was one way or another. He he took he took a big hit from the from the bow, and now he's um, and then when Perrin wakes up, mm -hmm. Lord Luke has left left in a hurry with an injury, right? So essentially proving that Lord Luke is Slayer. Right. And and Perrin notes that Luke and Slayer both smell inhuman. Yeah. Okay. Like they so, both have this this similar scent to them. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think now is the time to tell you like what what the okay. deal is with him. So okay. all right. So with you know the prophecy thing says like they were two people and now they're one basically yeah. And, yeah. and so what it is is um one of them is like land's cousin okay yeah right one because because we've had this discussion of how they look like it looks like land yeah yeah so and the other one is just uh like a random noble man okay from from you know like basically who who so slayer is essentially uh lands cousin cousin and um and the uh, lord luke is just another guy and through some machination of the dark one mm -hmm. they're smashed into the same body oh and they're now they're one and so like that's that's what that's what that prophecy says I guess you can delete some of this if I, I I didn't save where it's at, but I'm gonna try to find the prophecy here. So okay, but like okay, you do that. I got a question then because mm -hmm. so they're smashed into the same. You basically have two souls, same body, yep. um, a la you know Horcrux style, Harry and Voldemort. Um, so does Luke look like Slayer? No, so they look. To, they they're that and that's why Perrin couldn't combine like right. so so Slayer exists in the dream mm -hmm. as that as the the uh, land lookalike yeah. mm -hmm. and then in like the real world quote unquote Luke looks like this nobleman type of right Lord yep. person okay yep. okay so here here is the here's the passage Luke came to the mountains of doom mm -hmm. Isam waited in the high passes. The hunt is now begun. The shadows hounds now course and kill. One did live and one did die, but both are. So they both they both both are like one one of their bodies is gone. Right. And it's right. probably Isam's body. Yeah, that's how I'm taking it since he's the one that's stuck in the dream world. Right. Um let's see. The time of change has come. Yeah, so that that's basically it. Um mm -hmm from that prophecy but um 
so so one thing to keep in mind though um mm-hmm. later they like all the trollocs yell a name mm-hmm. and it's i'll just say it because we're gonna go over it, it it's isam yeah and that like clearly it's lord luke controlling the trollocs here like he's in command basically right it's Lord Luke, but it's also Isam, who is the cousin of Lan. Lan. Man, so, it's like a weird. Well, this is shape. yeah. Th- this is all stuff that you all you don't really need to know. But it's like you wonder why the Trollocs are chanting his name, and and like mm-hmm. at some point, Pat and Fane is like, why did he? He talks about Isam yeah. though yeah. at yeah. the end, and so he does like. Like the, it's all there to discover. It's just um, like he doesn't ever spill it out. And right. I, I think I think he's it's more spelled out in later books. And I I don't want to spoil anything there. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it's um it's just a really interesting like. You kind of need to draw the pieces together and. And you don't need any of it really. It's just right. it, It's kind of I don't know. It's maybe there's more stuff like that in wheel of time that uh, maybe this passed over my head but that, that is one thing that i caught after one of my rereads that i was mm-hmm. like oh this is all right here actually we have, we already we can actually also know who rand's mother is but we won't i won't spoil that right you were saying that that it's kind of all spelled out there's hints throughout it yeah like at this stage i think we should be able to no for but it doesn't it they'll just spell that out for us eventually anyways so right anyways um so lord luke slash slayer slayer yeah are are out of the picture and parents like you know what he's gone let's get married right that's well, not actually exactly how it went but not quite like that he he <laughs> you know He's mm-hmm. trying to convince Fahil to go to Camelot to get help, and she only will do it if he uh, marries her. And there's this whole back and forth about like what the proper, you know, quote unquote protocol is, and all this stuff. And she's not having it, and she's like, "Nope, we're getting married right now," basically. Yep. So that's and, that's it. Yeah, and parents like great we'll get her out of here before i before we all die because he's sure they're gonna die yeah yeah and he's and he's like yeah sure i'll marry you like if that'll get you out of here and save you i mean Mm -hmm. it's just an interesting thing like he's so willing to engage in falsehoods Mm -hmm. to to do the right thing as he sees it Mm -hmm. and I, i don't know like that's in some ways that's one of my frustrations with with characters it like they're so willing to nobly sacrifice their relationships or themselves or whatever like like parent has no hope like where, where's his heart man like mm-hmm. he, he's he's just like yeah like I'll, I'll just lie so that you get out of here but he's sure he's just gonna die and i'm i'm like dude just chill you gotta just, he had a fight like i mean he's gonna fight it's just i want him to stop being so gloomy i guess he's, he's kind of counting himself out already before it starts in yeah a way. yeah all right okay so let's uh let's go to the next chapter if you're good oh and now we've got the 
the yeah. girls. Okay. Now we're going with the girls for a couple of chapters. So sorry. Fair warning though. Okay. So do you think I cried in any of the that first chapter? No. Okay. Continue. I I have an idea of what I think it is. And well, I'll let you know what I think it is when we Great. get to it. Awesome. Okay. Um, okay, so chapter 54 is into the palace. So this is where, you know, like Nynaeve and um, Elaine are trying to sneak in there and get to Amethera and all this kind of fun stuff. So um, Tom and Julian are basically trying to create a distraction in the city while Elaine and Nynaeve sneak into the palace and and Eggie, because I can never say her name right. Um, yeah. So they got to get past the white, white cloaks once they're in there, and then they can change into servants' clothes that lets them blend in a little bit. Nynaeve is going to head to kind of like the museum part of the palace. Um, and Eggie and Elaine are going to go to Amethera's quarters because they're like, we got we to gotta go get her. And they end up basically having to convince her that they are not her enemies because she now she basically is like so traumatized from the black sisters and all that. she's just seeing them as I said I and that's how I took it at least that she's just mm-hmm. like oh you're I said I like you're gonna hurt me too um and so they do have to convince her that like we're you know the good guys quote unquote and we need you to cooperate so that we can get out of here and sneak out of here um which she does eventually you know agree to yeah so i mean i i don't fault i don't fault her for this though i just yeah i feel like it's worth mentioning that the the black sisters are just so you know evil yeah i i i don't know i don't want to i don't want to like taint your perception of anything here um okay. some sometimes sometimes i feel like the bad guys in, mm-hmm. in this are i don't know they're they're uh, difficult to like Spot. kind of understand well just like to understand like sometimes they're difficult right. to to spot like there's there's good like sus moments you know mm-hmm. for, for a lot mm-hmm. of them and, and then that's actually pretty intriguing but like the ones that are clearly bad i'm just i'm always like you're, you're just like so evil for like no reason mm-hmm. why why are you this evil like and I, well I'm like that's it and i don't i don't want you to taint that for me mm-hmm. so i'm really glad that you didn't because i really enjoy being blindsided by things like when when swan got stilled like i was and like just totally yeah floored by it did not see it coming so um <laughs> yeah i definitely <laughs> don't want that to be something that I'm I'm sitting here in anticipation because I know something's going to happen so mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay so um this has been with Elaine like it's kind of her point of view so far and then we switch to Nynaeve because she's gone in a different um direction and she's looking for those bracelets basically um and she recognizes this this maid has kind of entered the same room as her as Mogadine, who is this is the same woman who like compelled them to forget and everything like it's the same right okay so they both end up attacking each other and channeling and um Mogadine kind of gets frustrated because she realizes how strong Nynaeve is which I find to be amusing um but she does sorry 
But yeah, and there's this moment of mm -hmm. realization for Nynaeve, which I mean, Nynaeve can be a little annoying in this this like section of the story or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. but, you know, bridging different a few different books actually, but she is like there's this really cool triumphant moment where she's like, I'm going toe to toe with a Forsaken. Yeah. Like, I am I'm as strong as a Forsaken. Like she's like, holy crap, like it's a cool moment. Yeah, and she's realizing it. Um, mm -hmm. And I think also like it's 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 cool in that sense because she's realizing it and also the Forsaken is realizing it. Like mm -hmm. Forsaken isn't just able to steamroll over her and be like, nah, we're, we're carrying I, on with whatever the plan is, right? So mm -hmm. it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, but then she does eventually, Mogadine does eventually tell her about the bracelets that she is looking for these things that are going to control rand and she says that eventually like the man that is controlled by them so theoretically rand would then turn and control the woman who is trying to control him or the women trying to control him and basically break free um which i thought was interesting um and so we learn like a little bit about her. We learned she was 200 years old um, when the boar was made and she used to be an Aes Sedai and she was considered young for an Aes Sedai. Like we learn all these little things that she's just telling Nynaeve. Um, but then uh, this, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is actually interesting or clever of Nynaeve or what the deal is or just like foolish that Mogadine kind of like overlooked this. She ends up, Nynaeve distracts her because she's, she throws the bracelets towards her, which mm -hmm. distracts Mogadine so that she can shield her from Sidar and then bind her with air so that she can't, you know, do anything. And she can take the bracelets, she can take the pieces of, of the of the seal. Um and and Mogadine can't really stop her from doing this since she's been cut off and, and bound. Um, well, and I guess it, it's somewhat important well i don't know how important but i think it's worth noting Nynaeve was actually trying to steal her like they were mm. both trying to steal each other okay yeah and, but but like she was just not quite strong enough like it, it like her distraction like it worked but she was at the end of her power kind of and like it ended up blocking her but not mm -hmm. stealing her right okay that's that's fair so yeah. that's a big thing like i would think uh to to try and i mean i guess if you're toe-to-toe -to -toe with the forsaken and that's your option you're going to try and do that it's well not, yeah it's it's not like you're stealing like somebody that that you grew up with or something right well so i i have huge problems so all, all of the all the ice to die we've talked about the, this like morally gray area that i've just like I like go into the deep gray sometimes, but <laughs> uh, but I'm like okay, so so like Elaine overpowered one of the one of the Black Aja mm -hmm. women, right? And and then they're not going to take her prisoner or anything, like they can't really. So I, I think that the perfect solution is that Elaine should just steal her and move on. If you're not going to kill right. her take away her big weapon i feel like yeah i i get what you mean i just i'm viewing stilling as just such like the the top 
tier most drastic thing you can do that Mm -hmm. to me i'm like like it feels like such a big deal that naive or lane or whoever would reach for that to try to do that which i get because of who they're up against um that it does like logically make sense that that is what you would do it just seems like such a big step especially i feel feel like if we're talking about harry potter right now oh actually because I just feel like they haven't, like, it just feels like such a big leap in that, like, I feel like they're still learning their powers and how to control them. And now they're like, oh, I'm going to try and steal you. I'm like, but you, but you only just figured out how to bind people with air. But do you know how to do that? Yeah. But you're just like still twirling like balls of fire in the air. It's like walking before you can. So maybe it's a little different. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like, okay you're trying to run but you haven't learned how to crawl so like right you know that's fair that's fair that's just how i'm viewing it okay so it's a little different i i thought maybe i thought you were having moral qualms of like oh you shouldn't do that i because no in in harry in harry potter uh, one of the most irritating things is to me is like the death eaters the bad guys are like shooting death spells and the good guys are like you know I'm gonna disarm you. Like I'm just gonna like stun you a little bit. I'm gonna tickle mm-hmm. you. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna, you know. And the and the bad guys are like, I will kill you. It, it's like so disproportionate and uh, like it frustrates me. I'm like, they're shooting. They're trying to kill you. Like for your life, mm-hmm. kill them back. Damn it all. Like please, <laughs> like don't just like tickle them. Right. It, it's really irritating to me. And so in. It, similarly in this i'm like the black sisters are would steal you they would torture you and kill you without a without right. any doubt like still them at least if you're not gonna kill them if you can't kill them with cold blood that's that's understandable and maybe laudable but at least do something so that they can't just like wake up and just come kill yeah. you yeah 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 like neutralize the threat right I, and I get that. It just feels like such a big, totally not moral qualm I'm having. It just feels That's like a fair. big leap. Um, That's so. fair. They, they kind of do just like go from like, we haven't gotten our whole strength to like, I'm as strong as a Forsaken. And I can actually, mm-hmm. like we got into a channeling battle and we I won. Like, right, right. It does seem exactly. like a little bit of like, okay, so Nynaeve's overpowered. Good good to know. Yeah, Nynaeve is overpowered is the, the long and short of it. Sure. Okay, so she takes she takes the bracelet, she takes the seal. Um, she's leaving, and Jean, I think it's Jean. Gianna, Gianna Kaida is how they pronounce it from the. Uh, Gianna Kaida. See, I, I have a good memory on some stupid things. Yeah, man, you're good. You're good. Yeah, man. Um, so she is there, and she's pointing this this black fluted this fluted black rod back at Nynaeve which is the it's a stolen Tarangriol because they stole what thir- yep. 13 of them Something yeah like that. They, they stole, stole a bunch of them they stole yep. a bunch of them so it's, it's one of the ones that they, that's been stolen mm-hmm. um so Nynaeve is able to jump out of the way before Balefire ends up going through where they've been um mm-hmm. and then she's gone and uh like Nynaeve kind of comes to and like gets up and and she's gone and 
Mogadine is also gone somehow, which is interesting because she was bound and sealed off and all that. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Battle chapter, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it won't fit on this page. So, let's... no. Oh, there okay. we go. I see what you're doing. All right. There we go. Um, Just ruining so... your formatting. It's okay. It's fine. Oh, boy. We're really going ham on the formatting. Okay. Um, you don't sound okay. <laughs> I'm fine. Thoughts? I thought this was interesting because, like, I read this as, for, in particular, to Mogadine being gone. I read this as, like, Balefire ripped through them. So, so logically, I'd be like, well, Balefire destroyed her. But I'm reading it as, like, it didn't and she somehow escaped as well i i know what happened do you want me to tell you i mean it's i guess that's too much of a spoiler don't Don't tell me don't tell me i'm just telling you what i'm thinking because my like logically i'd be like oh yeah the bail fire destroyed her but uh it it feels like that's not the case sure uh yeah so that makes sense I, i will I, I can say this. I can say my initial impression mm-hmm. of this when I was first reading it the way back in the day, I assumed that Mog lived. Okay. That's what I assumed. So I don't think you're being unreasonable to think that is all I'm saying. Okay, cool. Spidey sense, tingling, we're good. We're good. All right. Next chapter? Yes, please. Okay. So, do, do you think I cried on that chapter? No. <laughs> Correct. Okay. So chapter 55, Into the Deep. I also don't think you cried on this chapter. I'll just say it now. Oh, yeah. Preloaded. Didn't Preloaded. Cry. Don't think you cried. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so Nynaeve is, you know, she's she's leaving this, this area after this whole thing has happened. She sees Leandrin and Rihanna. They don't see her though. So she is mm-hmm. able to kind of keep going, meet up with the others and Emma Thera can get them papers so they can get out of the city. Um, and Nynaeve ends up telling them about Mo- Mogadine mm-hmm. and everything that happened. And they're all, you know, equally surprised that she went toe-to-toe with this Forsaken and was able to, to capture yeah. her. Um, which, you know, fair because like i said i feel like we're skipping some steps here we're 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 skipping some lessons oh okay so here's here's a gosh i feel like i'm being too critical in this 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 segment but no i'm I'm still going to so i i get so frustrated when characters don't have a sense of like they have too much humility in a way mm-hmm. like I, I you and I have actually had a lot of discussions on like my value of humility like I, I love yeah. humility I, I think it's it's really powerful thing for people to have in fact um uh, you know it's something that I really try to cultivate in myself which I don't always succeed but it, it's it's important to me uh and there, there are times though that like their lack of like their, their lack of sense of self like they believe I don't know if it's humility or if it's like too much ego, but like Nynaeve is hanging her head here. Mm-hmm. She's like, I know I, I I captured her and then I couldn't even keep her. Like, oh, I'm so like, and it's a, it's a wonder that she beat Mogadine in the first place. And it's a wonder that she lived 
to survive against that bale fire like mm -hmm. she's done some incredible things and she goes and she's like really super worried for some reason that elaine is going to judge her in a really harsh way like she thinks she thinks she's worthy of being condemned and mm -hmm. it's such a it's i'm like why would you worry about that yeah this like, is a big thing like is is her ego so big that she thinks that she should be capable of beating a, a forsaken and being able to evade balefire and take mm -hmm. the, the forsaken you know keep them keep them uh you know so imprisoned you, and everything do you think that this is part of her ego or do you think i like i almost think maybe this is part of her personality in terms of like you know we start this series with her going after them because she is looking out for the for mm -hmm. all the kids from emmons field like she's there sure. to, she wants to protect them and make sure no harm comes to them yep. so is she beating herself up because she sees this as a possible way of she had a forsaken that could theoretically come back now she knows how strong she is not her herself her as in mogadine um and she's beating herself up because now there is a there's a threat like there's this danger that she let get away that can come back and harm these people she's trying to protect well i mean i think there's a little bit of like oh crap like this is really like potentially really bad mm -hmm. i i just I, I don't understand why she's like afraid that elaine is gonna berate her and like judge her harshly i, I just yeah it doesn't it seems discordant to me i guess of like it doesn't seem true to the reality of the situation she should be like well okay guys here's the thing like i, I wish that i'd been able to hold her but due to circumstances like <laughs> at, at least i'm alive and right you know like we, we have the thing that we needed so you know i, mm -hmm. I don't know it's it just it seems so weird she's so hanged us she you know she's like oh man I, oh, I'm so embarrassed. So I don't know. I feel like maybe Robert Jordan just kind of missed in that. Like, I almost feel like that would be more in tune if it was a Gwaine there instead of Elaine. I should be worried that Egwene would be critical. Yeah, I don't. Sure. I, well, yeah, like Elaine. Elaine's basically just like. She's pretty chill in terms of naive, you yeah. know, in her ex. And, and that it turns out like Elaine is just like, oh, well, yeah, what you do is pretty amazing. Like, let's keep going. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, it probably doesn't bear more discussion. I just, <laughs> I, I don't know. The we could really deep dive naive psyche, and it probably just pissed me off. So, fair enough. Maybe fair today, enough. today at least. So uh, okay. continue though so uh so she's with them and then the, there is a door like that's relatively close to them and it opens and julian and tom and and bail doman are there and then mm. bail has also brought like hundreds of his men there there's this riots going on there people are fighting white cloaks just absolute chaos um so they end up escaping from this palace and just you know cutting their way through the through this chaos to go to the inn and Amathera joins them. She stays there as this like refugee. Um, and while they're there, Nynaeve shows them the, the bracelet that she took, shows them the seal that she, part of the seal that she took, which Doman recognizes because remember Doman had one. Um, and he points mm -hmm. that out that he used to have one. Um, 
so Elaine ends up um, trying to melt the bracelets, I believe it is, with fire. Like they're just trying to to destroy rid- it, destroy it, so that nothing can control Rand. I guess which doesn't work. Um, and they all kind of decide that the best solution will be for Dolman to take them and throw them into the sea, like off of his boat. And the others in the group are going to go to Tarvalin with the seal. Um, and then afterwards, Nynaeve has decided she's going to go to Tyr or wherever Lan is. She's just, I guess, has figured that once they drop off this seal, she can go do as she sees fit. Okay. So yeah, that's uh, that's that. That's the girls. Yay. Which, We're done. Which I think that's it. That's the that's the end of the girls for the book. Yep. Um I I did cry in this one out of no, I didn't. Um out oh. of relief. Out of relief that they were done with it. I was like, what? No, no, definitely not. Okay. Um, so we can go into the next one, chapter 56, Golden Eyes. Yes. Okay. I think you cried in this one. Oh, okay let's go let's find out oh man okay oh man now i'm nervous i'm wrong <laughs> so no this... I, I i put you in this situation to... you did so i i read so i read all of these chapters and was anticipating being able to easily tell where you got emotional and i could not so mm-hmm. um anyway okay let's get into it let's do it so Perrin is, you know, he's in the end and he's writing this letter to Fael. He's basically saying goodbye to her because she's agreed, agreed to go to Camelon. They've gotten married. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's leaving it for her, like, on the mantle. Um, and Ben Alcine comes in and says that there are thousands of Trollocs that have been seen to the north and the south of the village. And there are white cloaks that are in the village center that are preparing to leave so um basically bear parent ends up saying to Bornhall that you know if you stay and help then once this is over you can arrest me and like i'll come willingly i'm not gonna try and but you gotta stay and help and they agree to this so they you know can can fight off the trollops together um so i assumed and maybe this is wrong this is my guess that Perrin writing the letter to Fail is what got you no okay so then I don't know where you cried well let's continue okay I didn't even say it was this section you didn't anyway <laughs> <laughs> okay so the the, the white that's fair the, the that's, a, that's a good guess that's what, like, I assume, like, he's being all sacrificial, he thinks he's gonna die, like you said, and she's getting out of there, and hopefully yeah. getting out of there. Anyway. Yes. Um, okay, so Perrin, so the White Cloaks have agreed to help, and then Perrin ends up going up to to Varen, who, who thinks that Perrin is, is being interesting, and he asks or sorry, Varen asks him when he's going to give up the axe for the hammer because he's now married. And, you know, he's married to Fael, but she she uses Fael's, you know, actual name of Zareen Bashir. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and wants to know like when when he's gonna switch and doesn't seem doesn't seem to be on the top the forefront of Perrin's mind since he thinks oh my gosh die what I you're oh my goodness what your your battle recap is like one sentence okay continue yeah you know yeah yeah um what okay but this is stuff. this is the this is the part though where you were saying the trollocs ride in here the, the battle yeah. oh. happening and they shout isam three times when they're coming yeah. in which Varen also says she notes that as well and finds that to be interesting mm-hmm. which i also found interesting remember it was Varen who first read that dark prophecy who, right. who like translated it she 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 translated it that's right mm-hmm. off of the off the walls so she's yeah. i'm assuming remembering that yeah well you can infer right. that kind of yeah um yeah so then you've got these trollocs all over the village overrunning okay. it so so you you can do the battle recap please uh, yeah i will um, okay <laughs> so i'll try to i'll try to be be brief about it but mm. um uh, because this is where I got emotional. This in this scene, in this battle okay. scene here. Okay. So, uh, all right. So there's there, there's all these different elements going on. So like the the white cloaks are waiting on their horses, just sitting pretty. Um, mm-hmm. and and you know, so the the two rivers guys are all all fighting. But then there's also like um, there's the tinkers who are like mm-hmm. r- like they've got all the children there and they're ready to. You know, like at, like the tinkers aren't gonna fight, but they're they're willing to, you know, like carry the children off on their backs, you know, mm-hmm. like and run in the last moment. And um, <clears throat> so, anyways, the the two rivers guys are all they're getting overrun slowly, you know. And um, the part that always gets me is like they're getting overrun, and then. I'm like feeling emotional right now, I think. So, mm-hmm. so like then the women come in and, um, you know, they're, they're all fighting the white cloak or not the white cloaks. They're all fighting the Trollocs and, you know, parents like, you know, at, at the, at like parents real surprise. He's like, why, you know, we were getting overrun and that like the women are the ones who like turned the tide for a minute and it's still looking bad, but like I don't know that that scene of all the different, all the different women, uh, you know, just just coming in and uh, you know they don't even have weapons and they're, you know, their resolve to fight is so you know they're they want to take care of of you know of, of everyone of the men and I don't know it just always always gets me. That's fair. So, um, anyways, the they're, they're still they're still being overrun. You know, mm-hmm. it's still looking really grim. And then, um, and then reinforcements come, basically, mm-hmm. and save save Perrin and everyone. And it turns out it was Fael who's leading them. And, yes. Yes. And yeah, uh, you know, the the day is one basically. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I just and, um and Fail is really happy that that all these people followed her into battle yeah. as well. Right. Yeah. I led men to battle. Yeah. Like even Toby, even the queen hasn't done that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The I don't know. The bravery of the women, though. I think that's the I don't know. To me, that's always always the the thing. And then and then you find out that the white cloaks mm-hmm. who sh- like the reason the women even jumped in at all was mm-hmm. the white cloaks were supposed to be coming in as reserve and the white cloaks just sat and watched as yeah. the sh- as the shadow spawn are about to butcher the entire village yeah it, it's, they did it's, nothing it's pure madness it's like why do you exist if you're not going to fight shadow mm-hmm. spawn like obvious shadow spawn Mm-hmm. and they're just hanging out like, and yeah. also like if you think Perrin is like a dark friend and shadow spawn or whatever right like I don't know I would I feel like I would be like well why would they fight him if he's one of them right you know what I mean like that would be my my question yeah it's um but but like so so he's so they're like all right, well, battle's over. Come on, Perrin. Mm-hmm. Like, you're coming yeah. with us. And, and like, I love the moment of, like, the entire, you know, all the Two Rivers guys mm-hmm. all suddenly have, like, arrows in, the, in their bows. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, it, if those white cloaks try anything against Perrin, that they're not leaving. Like, they'll be dead with the Trollocs, too. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, even, even Perrin... You know they're trying to to arrest him exactly that and say like come on like battle's over we had a deal and yeah. parents got like a really good i should have written it down he's got a really good line here where he's like no like the deal's broken like you guys i said if you stayed and helped and you didn't help yeah and it's just such clever wording it's almost like it's almost like parent knew that they would just sit and do nothing Right. Well, well, yeah, it's a, it's such a, like, but, but if they had helped, he would have just like, let them cart him away and kill him. Mm -hmm. Like it's annoying actually. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So anyway, so this whole thing and exactly what you said, where that all of the, all of the men are just not letting it happen. So eventually the white folks have to, you know, retreat out of Mm -hmm. the village. Oh, and then, and then, like the mayor of one of the villages is like, you know, talking to Perrin and my lord, and you know, like mm-hmm. everyone's calling him my lord, and mm-hmm. like he's he's essentially just the lord of the two rivers, kind of at yeah. that point. Like he's he gets he's the he's the king. I mean, not the king. I, I shouldn't say that, but you know, he's. Somehow, like Taviran, his Taviran nature has twisted it into. I mean, he's done important things, but should he really has have his as as Perrin's actions really? Uh, you know, made I guess some of it like he. I guess he did save a lot of people by like, you know, talking them out of their farms and everything. But mm-hmm. is that really enough for everyone to be like, oh yeah, my lord, you know, my lord Perrin? right what, what right. do you think um i don't know if it's like that or 
if it's a combination of him like repeatedly leading them into battle and making these defensive plans for them and i think all these people are just seeing the consistent um things that he's doing for the two rivers so it's it's i think they're just viewing him as the natural leader okay no i i I think i mean i don't oppose it it's just it's Mm -hmm. kind of funny you know like these these really stubborn people who've never had a lord and they're all just ready to oh yeah okay well now we have a ruler yay right i mean though i will say like in times of war you really kind of do need one you need one one person to be making more decisions mm-hmm. you know like having having a council is all well and good but if there's if there's action to be taken like you you do need someone so you know i guess that in some ways like the the immediacy of the situation is kind of pushing him toward leadership as well right so yeah anyways. i think that's i think that's what's ending up here or what's happening here yeah um okay so then like you were saying earlier we we get that that point of view from pat and fane because that's at the end of this chapter where he doesn't understand like he's talking about about isam and why all of a sudden mm-hmm. the trollocs stopped coming in like they're not right they're not there and he wanted to you know destroy the two rivers he wants Rand's attention so yeah yeah he's he's leaving he's headed for camelon and then he's going to tarvalon i guess he's had enough well this plan here has clearly not worked in his favor right so yep so he's gone um and to rewind just a slight slight bit Mm fail gets all forward with perrin and she's like let's go have sex now essentially and he's oh. like, oh, and he's like, okay. And just like carries her to the end. It's it's real funny. And everyone's just like grinning and he doesn't care. It's just funny. Like they, they finish the battle and she's like, to the victor goes the spoils. Like, yeah. yeah. It's just funny. And uh, I guess they're married. So go for it. Go for it. Oh. This just made me laugh. Like Robert Jordan implies so much mm-hmm. um so okay so that's the end of that so obviously like like you said isam was was you know bringing in the trollocs mm-hmm. controlling them which is lord luke slash slayer yep um so that's fun yeah that's that's fun what a great it's lovely guy. yeah, yeah. We don't know what happened to Lord Luke, though. No, we don't. He's mm. just disappeared. Well, he left with that injury after Perrin's right. dream, right? Right. So well, we you'd we think maybe he'd be with like the Trolloc army or something. You'd think. But he wasn't. I guess we'll find out eventually. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I feel like we have to. I feel like something that big with... um like a character well two characters that way and that whole background of them i would be disappointed if it was just he's he's gone and that's it we don't hear anything else for the rest of the series 
It, it takes a while to hear anything else, but yeah, we do. All right. Eventually. All right. Um, okay, so the next two chapters are with Rand. And they kind of basically bleed together. So chapter 57 is a breaking in the threefold land. Um, mm. So the maidens of the spear basically claimed the right to be Rand's you know, personal guards because he doesn't have a clan of his own. Um, right. And since his mother was a maiden, they basically have decided that this is this is what they're going to do. And they're going to head to Alkar Dahl um and and because this is what what brands decided he's like we got to go go to the meet with the chiefs mm-hmm. so they get there and five other clans have already gotten there um and the shadow are there and they have the largest numbers apparently um and Kuladin is there our favorite favorite guy we love him so much He's great. He's yeah. super awesome. Um, so he does not want Rand to enter. Um, but then eventually the Shido and him have to back down because as Rand arrives with his people with the Tardad, more and more numbers are starting to come on his side. So they're, they're, they do end up having to back down from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought this was kind of amusing that Moraine and Land both wanted to go in with Rand and they were denied and you know Rand's like nah and then Matt asks to come and Rand's like yeah you can come right yeah I thought like, that it's funny <laughs> uh, like yeah yeah you're allowed to you can take a long bug but but it's also funny too because Matt keeps talking about how like he wants to get away from Rand and he wants this to veer into like break but then he also is like yeah can I come with you and it's one of the these things for me where i'm like it's funny because you know that he wants to break away so it's like do you actually want to go or are you just saying it because it's the like the tavirans making you say it kind of thing right oh i i kind of think it's uh his friendship is is uh you know like yeah finally showing through a little bit like he's he's know, being supportive looking, yeah like he he's he feels like he tells himself, I'm going to leave at the first chance that I can. Mm-hmm. And then he's, and some of it might be like Taviran saying like, yeah, like, oh, I, I think though, I think that Matt is, he genuinely cares about Rand and he's like, oh, he's going into a dangerous place. I'm going to go too. And I'm, I'm going to get his, I've got his back. Yeah. I think he does too. It's just funny when you know that this the whole time he's been like, oh man, I wish I could leave. Right. I wonder how Perrin got away like well but he's he has similar things like when mm -hmm. in the was it in the last book yeah like he's he's like i'm no hero i don't want to be i don't want to do anything nice for anyone they have to pay Mm -hmm. you know and he's telling himself this and then he sees the like starving woman with her kids and he gives them the coins Mm -hmm. and that that's totally different than the things he's thinking in his head Mm -hmm. it's just like he does feel these things and we just don't he's telling himself a different story, even mm-hmm. as he's like innately heroic kind of. Right, right. He's painting, but yeah, you're, he's trying to paint a different light and then. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like a guy who's like, I'm, you know, like a guy who who has the persona of, you know, I'm real tough or whatever. And then 
you know, it turns out to be different somehow. I mean, you know, everyone tells themselves that there's some, that they're a certain way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's true. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, that's their hopeful interpretation of themselves. Right. Right. So. Okay. So, so yeah. Matt goes in with him. Um, mm -hmm. And then, so we're, we're in and Kuladin is now claiming that Kuladin himself is the car Karn. Yeah. Um, and he's showing these dragon marks on his arms that are like Rand's because Rand's got them too. And Rand's like, yeah. he shows like, his and is like, well, I'm the car Karn kind of thing. And right. um, wants to know what, what Kuladin saw in Ruidin, which Kuladin's all like, no, we can't talk about this. Like it's forbidden, which you know, like clearly he's trying to get out of this type of thing. Right. And the clan chiefs are also resisting wanting to know because it's, or not wanting to know, but wanting it discussed about openly, basically. Um, so Kuladin's basically saying he, they, they get into it and they finally, you know, talk about it. And he's saying he saw the glory of the Aiel when they were at like, you know, all of these wondrous things. And Rand's like, well, I saw the age of the legends and how the Aiel were formed and like the way of the leaf kind of thing and like all of these other right. um, uh, things, which Kuladin's like, no, you're lying. Like you can't have, have seen that. But the good thing here, and I thought this was interesting too, is that the clan chiefs know that Rand is the one that's telling the truth um, and that, you know, he right. is a true Karn Karn. And, and they do say that, that he is the yeah the one he's the car car yeah yeah it's a really interesting moment actually yeah it, it is yeah because because kuladen is you know he's like you know we were always warriors we're powerful all this stuff and ren's like no man we're not and and so all the aiel who don't know it they they're like oh yeah well clearly kuladen like knows his stuff Kulad, like Mm -hmm. of course we're warriors and and then the clan chiefs are like uh, i mean they they're actually feeling real antsy they don't want rand to announce it in front of everyone right but rand rand feels like he needs to and i actually back rand on this i think he should have so yeah 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 so, i just thought it was yeah it's interesting it is interesting um yeah and you can you can tell that they the chiefs don't want him to to make this public knowledge from the mm -hmm. very start they don't want this being discussed um anyway so obviously Kuladin has a temper tantrum and decides to throw a spear at rand because he's not getting his way i guess i don't know yeah um which may as well be a whiner yeah <laughs> um so adeline one of the maidens ends up blocking this this spear that's headed for him and then yep. you know fighting ensues ran starts channeling there's just you know battle chapter i guess among the aiel um but then lanfear shows up isn't that interesting yeah who's yeah. lanfear she's one of the forsaken yeah yeah the most beautiful woman you ever did see apparently oh great mm -hmm. yeah so she shows up and she kind of puts this like i don't know like a shield i guess of around um brandon her uh and says that asmodian is the one that is behind 
Gulladin's dragons. Because I was wondering this, like how does, when I was like at the start of this chapter before the fighting happened, like how does Rand have these dragon marks and also Gulladin have these dragon marks that look the same? Um, so anyway, so she says that Asmodian is the one that is behind it, another one of the Forsaken. Um, and he's also the one that's behind the drag car that were attacking there when they were camped out um and trying to kill rand so she lets him know that he's going to ruidine um she doesn't know why he's going to ruidine and rand just like channels and creates this gateway and steps through it to go to ruidine to go chase down asmodian asmodian which i didn't know rand could do this uh, well so we saw asmodian do it though Right. We saw someone do it. So So he just copied it. Yeah. And figured out. But yeah. I mean, I guess my brain is still like, oh, like skipping baby steps. But I feel like it makes more sense for Rand to skip if he is, I mean, I shouldn't say if, because we know he is the dragon reborn and he's mm -hmm. this really powerful um character and channeler. Um it makes sense that he would just like really you can just copy someone and do it on your first try is kind of my train of thought i'm like oh, i guess that kind of makes sense yeah um yeah it's it's a i don't know uh, these these boss fights at the end these of, boss of the fights. Book, like i mean that that's basically it's like every time at the end rand is like oh, all right i i'm gonna fight which which bad guy am i gonna fight this time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then it's just like this fog of like if if there's fights that i think are worth skipping it's usually like the the final thing with rand versus a forsaken or the whatever boss, the boss fights yeah yeah i mean yeah which i mean i don't know if these are real if this one is, i guess it is kind of a boss fight but um Okay, so let's let's just go into the next chapter. So because it, it's basically all one, the, the traps of Ruidine. Um, so Rand steps through this gateway and is following his Modian. And then plot twist. This, by the way, shocked me. Did not see this coming. Um, Asmodian turns around to kind of like look back at Rand, I guess, and Rand sees that it is the fate, like it's it's Jason Atiel, the the like gleeman mm -hmm. not kadir but it is jason which i was just like what this floored me nice this i did not see coming i knew jason was like kind of weird yeah. um but did not see this coming so yeah they, they did a pretty good job of hiding it yeah because this whole time i've been like kadir's the the sus one he's the one that's weird yeah and not good mm -hmm. i still think he's sus um but this i was like wow okay anyway so both of them are running through ruining they are um obviously channeling and you know boss battle so they're destroying the city in the process of this um like avindasaur is, is on fire at one point they're just channeling um and he ran, ends up channeling through the Angriel that he has from Tyr. This, this, um, like a, like a statue, this Angriel. Yeah. Um, 
and that's how he ends up defeating Asmodian here. Yeah, so he's yeah, they're they're channeling through this enormous thing that could just break the whole world. Mm-hmm. essentially and he's he's able to get just a tiny bit more you know what it always reminds me of is uh in in the office have you seen mm-hmm. that yeah so like dwight always says like that he he's like he was part he used to be part of twins and then he like what he, he calls it like resorbed or something his his mm-hmm. twin in, in you know his it, yeah and he's like so I've, I've got the strength of a man and also the strength of a tiny little baby yeah on top like <laughs> you know he's like I got I have the tiebreaker basically and that's yeah. that's kind of what happens with Rand here he's like you know it's an insignificant amount of the power compared to the craziness that they're channeling mm-hmm. it's just enough to break that that stalemate kind of right it's just enough that that he's able to win yeah yeah um so he does this and then the fog ends up disappearing from the city because rooting has been shrouded in fog um so that disappears and then land fear appears again um and says that she is shocked that rand was able to sever the bond between asmodian and the dark one Mm-hmm. Um, which is obviously what he did when he was channeling. Um, and I thought this was pretty clever of Rand because he was like, yeah, well, I got the idea from something that you said, something Land Fear said to him. So he he figured he would do it and trick them. And he's like, you said I needed a teacher and I needed it. I do need a teacher, but I don't want that teacher to be tied to the dark one. So right. this was, I thought was, pretty humorous because this whole time she's been like you need a teacher one of the forsaken can teach you how to channel um and he's like yeah that's a great idea but we gotta break this bond first so he just does it yeah he does the same thing that he did to Baelzamon yeah you know he's like oh there's a black tube let's cut it yeah this weird thing okay which is the the bond i guess i suppose yeah so uh they agree that asmodian will stay i guess as jason natal as a gleam Mm. gleeman for the dragon reborn so this is going to be kind of like their cover story and but really he's basically going to be teaching rand how to channel moving forward um and rand's like cool i want to learn how to shield my dreams first because as we know and had he had learned is there's they the Aiel wise ones and other mm-hmm. people the Aes Sedai they're all spying on him in his dreams yep so he wants to learn how to close that off first um so Lanfear ends up leaving the city and Rand and Jason are going to leave the city as Modian um he ends up finding before they leave Rand finds like the female part of this this statue of the of the tar angry or the angriel that he has um and when they go back moraine notices that he's got two statues not just one now but she doesn't she doesn't really comment on it she doesn't comment on it at all actually so is it okay actually this is a i do have a question and i don't know if this is a spoiler or not so you don't necessarily have to answer it so he had the one statue and now he's left with two. So he's got like 
the two halves, I guess. Does mm. that make it stronger? Uh, so they're just two separate Tarangriel can, you know, channel an enormous amount of power. That's okay. all. Like, so I, I guess, uh, let's see. So that, that doesn't make them stronger just because they're together, but right. I, I guess like if he were to, for instance, give one to Moraine or something, someone who he mm -hmm. can trust, then like then he'd have two incredibly strong channelers. Like he could he could channel himself with it and then have, you know, someone Moraine else. or someone else. Okay. So he doesn't need him. to use them. It's not like he could use one and or use both of them together and it's twice as powerful or whatever. Right. Well, one of them is is inaccessible to him entirely. Right. Right. Because okay. it, it's the female half. So right. yep. Um but it's it's important to control that because if if it gets, I mean, so, if my if my Gideon had had hit when she was fighting Nynaeve, for instance, right, she could have used it. Right, she would have just destroyed Nynaeve. Wouldn't right. have been close. So it's important that Rand has it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So now he's got he's got Kalendor, and then those, and Kalendor is actually weak compared to this this Tarangriel. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah madness um yeah. yeah so that's that's the end of the book it is yeah so Lanfear is like still trying to help rand it's it's very interesting it is very interesting yep um <laughs> yeah so what would you think i liked it a lot this was definitely um I feel like I think you're right in, in saying that this is like Perrin's book yeah. in a way uh it definitely felt like that I really enjoyed Perrin's arc I honestly did enjoy Rand's too even though he seemed like an idiot at the start of this book um I do I do like that we're seeing him progress but I really enjoyed parents and now i have all all kinds of questions about this luke Isom thing yeah i mean those those questions left to wait for a while now i don't like that sorry to say well i mean i don't i don't think that this is much of a spoiler i, I mm -hmm. hope not um but the the next book starts a, mm -hmm. a trend that that continues throughout the series like he leaves one major character out mm -hmm. of each book now mo moving forward. Um, mm -hmm. And the next book, we don't hear anything hardly at all about Perrin. Which is wild. Yeah, he, he just went through this huge, you know, this period of huge growth and everything. And now, uh -huh. like, we nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I know. I'm like, I, I would like to see like, what happens next with him. But um it's not the last we've heard from him of course so right right okay um so who would you say is the mac in these chapters mm. i don't know it's like 90 beat of forsaken it's hard to say that she's annoying 
Yeah. Well, and, and Elaine had some really funny interactions with, uh, what's her name? With Amethera. Like, mm-hmm. Amethera was, like, acting out, and Elaine apparently, like, they didn't spell it out, but apparently Elaine just, like, quelled her. You know, like, put her snooty self, you know, it, down, and it, that was... So, I don't know, the girls are generally, like, great opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, that's for, true. They are. For targeting. And in this case, I... I don't know if there is an annoying character in these chapters. I I don't know if... This almost seems like a narg moment, but I wonder if we could say the White Cloaks, like, Bornhald. Because, like, mm-hmm. it just because it it's like... If, if you're not going to fight shadow spawn then what good are you right you're just standing like, around doing nothing you're just being the most irrational reprehensible kind of person while you're, you're watching people get slaughtered yeah. by shadow spawn and that you say that you're like you're a child of the light like to me that that's one of the least excusable situations in it at all like it it's just crazy because of your paranoia and your hatred like what what good are you so i don't know like it's not like bornhold is a main character he's kind of he kind of is the bad guy and yet Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe maybe him what are your thoughts yeah i could i could well i feel like going off what you said it just kind of taints their whole shtick like you're just being hypocrites yeah, like the, they're more concerned with petty grudges than they are about actually, yes, yes. Uh, you know, like following the light or whatever. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's madness. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. So, yeah, I oh. agree with that. Mm. Good. Yep. Okay, so we can have Bornhold this time. Yeah, that's, that's a fair pick. Okay. Um, what about the most sus character? Okay, so Luke is super sus. Sure. But we also know that he is like Isam. Like they're one and the same. Mm-hmm. So it seems fair, like all like that he would be sus. And I feel like that's a cop out to say him. Um, that makes sense. I am really curious, and I don't know which one makes me more curious, but I'm going to lean this way. I, like, Lanfear is still really suspicious to me. And, like, I know that she's a Forsaken, so obviously, like, oh, like, everything she does would be sus, but it's just so, it's, it just seems so weird to me that she's a forsaken but she's trying to help him learn how Mm -hmm. to use his power so that he can defeat forsaken like what is going on there Mm -hmm. yeah it's Mm. very strange good question i know i know you know but it is super strange to me and it just well what's what are true motivations here exactly like is your Mm -hmm. true motivation actually to help him learn how to channel in which case why are you a forsaken mm-hmm. and if you're a forsaken why are you helping him are you setting him up like is there a trap that's coming down the line kind of thing here 
I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's sketch. It is. It's totally sketch. Um, yeah. So, and I, and I couldn't decide if it was her or Asmodian that would be the more suspicious one, but I, I feel like it is her because she's the one pulling the strings here. Hold on. Say that again. If it was her or Asmodian, that would be more sus or like Natil, like the. Sure. You know. Well, uh, um, did you did you tell everyone? Like, did you say who? Did you catch who Lanfear has been masquerading as? Like who? Who she's been this whole oh. time? Um. Oh my gosh, I did, and now I'm blanking on it. Wasn't she masquerading as that as the girl that was with them? With Natil, what's her name? Um, so or there's no. a Sendra. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's not though. Like she, she wanted him to think it was a Sendra. Okay. It's actually she was masquerading as Kali, the the really fat woman. Oh. And that's why Matt noticed. He's like, "Wow, she has one of the most melodious voices ever." Right. Because it's got you know, that that attraction, even though, still. right? And mm -hmm. she's like, "Well, my pride can handle a few pounds, you know." Like she's mm -hmm. fine. She was fine with not being seen as the most beautiful, right? And stuff. I, I just thought it was an interesting like note on Lanfear. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, that is interesting because then she is really truly trying to hide, and be there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just, I feel like she has so many ulterior motives and I want to know what they are. We will find some more out next book. Goody. <laughs> All right, so that is that. Okay. And now we're going to take a brief break for an episode or two. Yeah, we're going to talk about Kenobi. Yeah. And you'll be going on vacation yes. in a couple weeks. So we may, may end up skipping a week or yes. we'll see. something. Yeah, we might not. Yeah, we'll see how it, how it plays out. But yeah. yeah, I will be gone for two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. So we'll see. Fancy. Mm -hmm. I want to go on a two-week vacation. Sorry. I mean, so you good. could. Uh, yeah, you're like, sorry, you can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. So we'll take a break, like you said, do Kenobi, and then we'll figure out book five. Yeah. Come, come hang out with us on Discord, guys. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Give us the feedback so that we know what we should be doing. Yeah. All right. Is that yeah. it? Any other yeah. thoughts? And a book four. That's my favorite book of all of them. Now the next, my next favorite's book eleven. So. So it's downhill until book eleven. Yeah. It's like a trench. Like a really shallow trench. Yeah. All right. Cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No other final thoughts. It was a good book. It is. It, it's good. It. Yeah. There are flaws, but they're yeah, this is my this is my favorite of them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm good. 
Call it All good. Right. Let's close it up. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. May you always find water and shade. <laughs>